This is Gene Lance on the Workers Beat Extra. Dallas will hold its May 1st celebration again this year. It's the only the second year that we've ever done it, but we're going to have a picnic at Lake Cliff Park from 2 to 6 p.m. on May the 1st. We're going to have free food, entertainment, a bunch of candidates are going to come and talk, and a bunch of union people are going to have tables where they'll be trying to sign people up for unions. And so you're invited. Everyone's invited to celebrate May 1st. Not very many people know the story of how we came to celebrate May the 1st. And so, if you don't mind, I'd like to explain a little bit about it. Many, many years ago, even in ancient times, they celebrated May 1st because it was when they first put in their crops. There was a fertility goddess, I think, named Maya, and people used to celebrate Maya when they put in their crops. It's celebrated all over the world, but not in the United States, and I'll explain why, especially not recently. It became International Workers' Day because of the 1886 fight for the eight-hour day. There were strikes all over the world, including in Texas. The center of it all was in Chicago, where several members of the Knights of Labor were leaders. Among them were Texans, Albert and Lucy Parsons, who were married in Texas, but fled to Chicago at the end of Reconstruction. Lucy organized in the needle trades because she was a seamstress, and Albert organized print trades because he was a typographer. Then came along the eight-hour day movement. They had a great song. I don't know the tune, but here's the words. We mean to make things over. We are tired of toil for naught with but bare enough to live on and ne'er an hour for thought. We want to feel the sunshine and we want to smell the flowers. We are sure that God has willed it and we mean to have eight hours. We're summoning our forces from the shipyard, shop and mill. Eight hours for work, eight hours for rest, eight hours for what we will. Eight hours for work, eight hours for rest, eight hours for what we will. Hurrah, hurrah for labor, for it shall arise in might. It has filled the world with plenty. It shall fill the world with light. Hurrah, hurrah for labor. It is mustering all its powers and shall march along to victory with the banner of eight hours. Shout, shout the echoing rally till all the Wilkin thrill. Eight hours for work, eight hours for rest, eight hours for what we will. Eight hours for work, eight hours for rest, eight hours for what we will. That was the song of the eight-hour day movement all over the world. And they had strikes all over the world, including in Texas. Chicago remained the center of it, and they had a big, big demonstration in Chicago. And people were on strike at the McCormick Works, where they made agricultural tools. The police killed several of the strikers. That was on May 1st. 
So the organizers organized a protest to take place a few days later on May the 4th. And the place they picked was the place where they used to sell hay. It was called Haymarket Square. Albert was one of the speakers at the rally. He and Lucy and their children left after he spoke and went to a restaurant for dinner. The mayor of Chicago was at the rally, and everything was going pretty smoothly. But as it started to get dark, the mayor left, and the speakers just, for some reason, went on and on. So during the late evening, the police decided to attack the rally. And when they attacked, somebody threw a bomb. And there was a lot of shooting. But several of the police may have been killed from the bomb. Suddenly, the world went crazy. And they arrested every leader of the eight-hour movement, including Albert. They were all arrested and charged with capital murder. In the trial, they didn't really even try to connect them to the police deaths. And they couldn't have, especially not in Albert's case, because he wasn't even there. But they arrested all of the leaders. I think there were eight of them originally. One of them got off. I don't know how he got off. Two of them got prison sentences. One of the last five top leaders had his head blown off in jail. And the police called it suicide. What happened was that he had a blasting cap in his mouth and the blasting cap was lit and it went off. The police said that he did it himself. Our side generally says that what they did was give him a loaded cigar. And inside the cigar was a blasting cap, which blew his head off in jail. That left four who were still in prison, and they were all hanged on November the 4th, 1887. Each of them got to make a little speech, and you'll find those quotes all around where they said this or that as they died. Albert Parsons died saying, quote, let the voice of the people be heard. They were buried at Waldham Cemetery. There was a giant crowd that walked way out of Chicago, some 12 or 15 miles to Waldheim Cemetery. And that cemetery became a labor shrine for the people who knew about it from then on. I think they've recently changed the name of it to Post Oak Cemetery or something like that. But they are still there, and they're, they're still buried together, the Haymarket Martyrs. Now, the organization, the Knights of Labor, never recovered because there was a lot of repression after the hangings. Anybody that was known to be a union sympathizer was in trouble. So the Knights of Labor never recovered, and it just went downhill from 1886 on. A new union organization called the American Federation of Labor took off in 1886. It had a much less ambitious program. A few years later, after the Haymarket martyrs were hanged, the Second International Association of Working Men designated May the 1st as International Workers' Day to remember the Haymarket martyrs and the fight for the eight-hour day. All over the world, people know exactly what May 1st means. If you talk to someone in Mexico or South America or Europe or anywhere else, they'll tell you 
Chicago, 1886. They remember exactly what May the 1st means, but not here. The repression that followed the 1887 hangings was too awful. Union people were mightily persecuted. After the anti-communist witch hunt that began in 1846, Americans associated May the 1st with the Soviet Union and were terrified of it. In fact, they were pretty terrified of everything back in the 1950s. Many of them still are. The American Federation of Labor, they soon invented Labor Day, the first Monday in September, and forgot all about May the 1st. I don't know why it is. It might be because there is a new upsurge in labor. But last year, in 2021, major American unions and the American Federation of Labor, CIO, the AFL-CIO, started celebrating May 1st, and they had a big online meeting Last year, 2021, Dallas held its first May 1st picnic, probably the first one in history. And this year, we're going to celebrate again. Come and join us, Lake Cliff Park, from 2 to 6 p.m. on Sunday, May the 1st. This is Gene Lance on the Workers Beat Extra.